Hello and welcome to the One More Songcast. My name's Lee. I'm Luke. Right, Luke, we'll start today by asking how the hell are you? How um, am I? Yeah, and uh, what you been up to? Not a lot, to be fair. So, um, I, I've not gigged since the end of Christmas because I usually like to have January off just to recharge. I say get a few songs in, but I've not even got any new songs in yet. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, not a lot, really, to be oh, honest. Right. Enjoying life, watching a bit of footy. What about yourself? Nice. You've been gigging straight through, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I kind of had a little bit of a recharge over Christmas. So I did one gig, which obviously we discussed on the last podcast on the 30th. Uh, and then I've been at it, really, since the 6th or 7th. Um, so... Yeah, I've had some pretty good ones. Uh, luckily, got a busy one at the uh, Rose and Crown. Sure, uh, yeah. yeah. Shout yeah. out to Dave. Shout out to Dave. Lovely guy. Always looks after us, doesn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. My mate Lee came on and did a solo set halfway oh, through yeah, as yeah. well uh, from Flash Floods. Oh, nice. Great band if you haven't checked them out. Your mate Lee? So there's another Lee in the Yeah, band. there's another Lee. Oh, and okay, his yeah. name is spelled L-E-A. Oh, oh hipster. Leah? <laughs> oh, no, no, it hasn't got the H on it. Don't you, don't you be mistaken. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I've had a couple of good ones. Any uh, funny stories from gigs? Any Anything that was a bit bit random? Or bit random. Memorable, you know? Uh, oh, I did have the classic, do Wonderwall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that, was in, uh, that was in Harwood. Shout uh, out to Oasis. Week. Yeah, shout out to Oasis for that one. Uh, please don't <laughs> sue us. Uh, no, uh, I didn't do Wonderwall. Uh, you didn't do it? No, I told you. you got to give the people what they want, Lee. I did tell him, listen, that one gets asked for so many times, I'll give you Live Forever. Okay, and he went, yeah. he went, oh, yeah, that's actually my favourite song. <laughs> so, um, no, no, they were really nice. Uh, they were a really nice group, actually. Yeah. You did a gig with um, Chris, didn't you, who's in your band, I noticed? Yes. A, a, a duo. How was yeah, that? we did a duo one. Um, it was quiet, but there was... There was quite a few good listening people in there and they were all want. seemed to be enjoying it. Would um, you rather have a hundred dickheads all mm. like, you know, sloshing their pints and asking for Wonderwall or would you rather have three attentive listeners? Ooh. It literally... Oh, that, that literally depends on the night, to be <laughs> honest, because, you know, the hundred dickheads, you sometimes get a heckler and there's nothing more than I love than shutting down yeah, a heckler. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've had the experience... But hecklers are great. We'll talk about that on another episode because, <laughs> Luke, today's all about you. So oh. basically what we're normally going to do is eventually we're going to have guests come on and we're going to be asking them questions about their career, how how they fit into this local music malarkey, and sometimes a little bit further than that as well. Mm. Um, but we thought we'd start by doing a couple of episodes introducing ourselves. Yeah, because if you don't know who we are, then, you know, um, it's all pretty... Is it pointless? No, it's not pointless, but, uh, you know, it's good to know the hosts, isn't it? Know yeah, what, know certainly what is. Know uh, what we've been through to get to this pinnacle. Yeah. Which like is it. sat in here doing this. Our little story. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... This is going to be a theme where I'm going to be the host of the podcast and Luke is going to be our guest. Are you so, like effectively Michael like Mike, Michael Parkinson, Piers Morgan? <laughs> Parky, yeah. I could be I could be Graham Norton, Jonathan Ross, anyone you want me to be. Um, yeah. Anyway, Luke. Um, right, so we're talking to Luke Betts, uh, 
at Luke B Sings right, on yeah. all forms of social media, yeah. uh, mainly Facebook and yeah, Instagram. Mainly, yeah, mainly really, Facebook, I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm not really into all the TikTok dances and all that, but you know. Are you yeah. sure? Yeah, I am like, sure. Yeah. You're you not thought about it. Uh, I mean, no. yeah. oh, we'll get into that in the next <laughs> bit, uh, Luke. But first of all, our first question is going to be asking Luke, what does music mean to you? Oh, okay. So, yeah, this is going to be our question for every guest, isn't it? So yeah, I should have put is. a little bit more thought into this, to be fair, because I knew what this question was. Um, what is music to me? I think I think music, it sounds dead cliche, this, but it's music's a little bit like a, a treasure chest or a time capsule, isn't it? So, you know, as soon as you hear a song, it can instantly, like, take you back to stuff, can't it? Like, and that's good, bad, you know, it's like a lot of the time it's like teenage years and having a laugh with your mates and sometimes when you hear a song that you've not heard for years it's mm. like oh my god do you remember this one I feel, <laughs> like that's so powerful isn't it and like you can't really that's explain it. like why music does that like right like nothing else really does that does it you know um, no. or it doesn't to that same degree um you know and that's what i love about music is it you know you'd be able to sort of dip into any sort of song at any time and it can just take you back to like great memories or emotional time whatever it is and yeah. you can just relive stuff um through the power of that song and what you were listening to maybe at the time or mm -hmm. lyrics that you can relate to and that kind of thing so yeah uh, i mean so is there any particular songs that sort of started that process and sort of influence that meaning or is there any any songs that you think of when you think of that description you've just given again it sounds cliche this but like um growing up obviously we lived in like um you know where, where we're from now Charlie and all that lot but my mum's side of the family you met me granddad the other week didn't yeah. you actually uh, taking some photos for our uh, page they're all from like Norfolk so Great Yarmouth and all that area and growing up my granddad like played in in 60s bands and whatever else um so literally when we'd go around there for christmas and easter whatever it was um there'd always be the beatles playing there'd always be the sounds of the 60s whether it's the searchers you know herman's Herm, it's all them so Probably. growing up and listening to all that music like it just reminds me of us like me and my brother like kicking a football in the they had quite a big garden used to play football smashing the ball at the window and that and like always 60s music mm. always the Beatles like um, it always just takes me back to like proper like memorable Christmases and that kind of thing so I'd probably say the Beatles I know that sounds very generic but I do love the Beatles to be fair because of yeah. that really so yeah. the next question funnily enough was actually going to lead on to that so mm. obviously you've said the Beatles are a big influence um, were there any other influences that you think you had like that you created yourself way back when way back when yeah uh, it's funny because everybody's into music, aren't they, to some degree? But back then, I wasn't really that interested in music. I think it was more subconscious, really, because mm. because of what like I'd be exposed to as a kid, listening to my granddad playing these bands. And a lot of the time, it wouldn't be songs that I'd know or or really remember. But as soon as you you'd, you'd hear them, it, it would just trigger their memory. So it was a lot of sixty stuff, to be fair. <laughs> a lot of Elvis, a lot of like a what was that, uh, Mr. Postman by the Beatles. <laughs> My granddad used to play that song for us, right? And because I'd get up, I was like four or five dancing in this like working men's club to Mr. Postman. <laughs> they used to get me up on the stage and like, well, so I always remember like stuff like that. It's weird, but yeah, a lot back then it was all 60s and, and, and 50s really. Um, and then besides from that, so I grew up like late 90s, early 2000s. I don't know, it was... Uh, I wasn't really that that into like mainstream music. I just remember like your typical like pop idol musicians and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as I say, I weren't really into music back then. So it, 
I didn't really cling on to many artists, so not that I can remember anyway. Um, right, okay. Way back when, yeah. So when it came to getting started, what sort of age were you? Yeah. When you actually did really think, do you know what? This music malarkey's for me. I want to get involved in some of that band. Malarkey. Yeah, it's weird, really, because um, so I, if you don't know me or or whatever, I was very much into sport and athletics growing up. So mm. everything. It's 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 unpaid athletics. It's mm. a very amateur sport unless you're very at the top. But I always wanted to, to be a runner, but that didn't really mean a lot because it's not really a career path. Yeah. But when I was growing up, like I was just obsessed about training and going to train. I never I never massively went to like your house parties at school and that because I was always training on a Tuesday night or whatever. Blah blah blah. So um, where am I going with this? What was your question? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so how did I get into well, music? Right. Yeah. yeah. So. So yeah, so that was always my obsession. And I enjoyed listening to music, but it was only really until I went to America on a scholarship for right. athletics. So they sort of paid for you to be out there and study and compete for the uni. It was pretty boring, like, because obviously you'd, you'd train at like five in the morning because it was so hot out there. Mm. Um, and then I'd get home and I'd not really have anything to do in that. So um, again, I was listening to a lot of 50s and 60s stuff. Um, and I was going through like the back catalogue of like Beatles albums from the very start and like going through every song. And then, and then I went to like a local like guitar shop near there because I was that bored of like playing FIFA and whatever else. So I just <laughs> thought, oh, I'll just pick up a guitar and, and, you know, have a mess about, see what I can find on YouTube and that and see if I can learn a song or two. Didn't really know that I could sing or whatever else. And it wasn't until I got back that I'd, I had guitar lessons. I still have guitar lessons with him now, actually. He's called uh, Justin Crow. That's his name, Justin, Justin Crow. Crow. He, he plays at the Cavern and whatever else. I had a few guitar lessons with him, and I just recorded myself at home um, singing, and, and I think it was Stuck in the Middle by Steelers Wheels I did. And I sent it to my granddad, who's obviously been in bands and stuff, and he was like, is that you singing on that? And I was like, I've listened back to this clip, by the way. It's it's awful. Like, <laughs> you know, when you listen back to yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, is that you singing on that? I was like, yeah, and he was like, Oh right, well why don't you cook? Because he was in a band at the time, a local band. Um, he's like, come down and like have a have a practice with us, you know, and whatever else. So we went to a studio, very much similar, like like a rehearsal space, like right. this. Right. Uh, sang a few songs and whatever else. Didn't really think much of it. Didn't really have any because I'm very naive at the start. I still am now, to be fair, because I've only been doing it four or five years. But didn't have any concept of key or anything. He was like, oh, try this song, you know, and it was like in a female key, and right. I'm like trying to sing it up there, and it's right. like, you know. But I've, I thought, oh, that was a bit rubbish. Never really carried on with it. And then, and then he said, oh, well, you know, you're a pretty good voice. Come and join the band and whatever else. So. Mm. Long story short, because I don't want to natter on too much, I started singing in this band. The band eventually folded for various reasons, people doing other bits and bats. Um, the girl in our band um, went and sang. Uh, she didn't sing. She worked on cruise ships um, with a nursing job. And then I thought, well, how do I carry on doing this? You know, Because um, I really enjoyed the buzz of playing and singing in a band and whatever else. Um, so that's where I am sort of now, really. Yeah. yeah. So how have your influences changed? And what, what do you, would you say... Um, was then influencing you once you actually started to go out on your own what mm. what then changed in your influences what was it what was it that you thought right i need to find some covers what was actually inspiring you to yeah so i think the not the restriction of being in this band because you got to remember like this was my first experience of music so i i was very naive i didn't really i didn't play an instrument i just sang um and you you know what it's like when you first get singing. You listen to people and you try to sound like them, don't you? So at the start, I was doing what every typical pub singer does and was trying to sing a bit like Elvis, you know, like yeah. oh, listen, one for you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so and I didn't really have my own voice at the time, and right. it, so it was like 
And also, when you're in a band, there's five or six of you, aren't there? And, yeah. and they put their ideas in, and they aren't mm. always necessarily what you like. Yeah. Um, so I, as I was in this band, I was thinking to myself, oh, well, I'd like to do this song, and I'd like to do that song. But the band was saying, nah, it wouldn't really work for what we're doing because they wanted to be a bit more of a party band. So then it right. got me thinking about, well, how do I... Um, you know, when I go and do it on my own, I've got free reign to do whatever I want, basically. Mm. But then you've also got to learn how to please an audience as well, haven't you? So it's yeah. that fine balance between doing stuff that you love and stuff that's popular on a Friday, Saturday night in a local pub. So mm -hmm. that was the tricky part. Um, so for me, I like a lot of um, early 2000s indie stuff. I like a lot of 90s stuff like The Verve, um, Travis are always ones that I love, that kind of thing. And they started to grow on me, really, like, as I sort of, you know, have started to get into music a little bit more, really. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, so, obviously, you said about the crowds. Yeah. Um, working a crowd and how to please a crowd. Yeah. What was it that, what were the other challenges that you really faced? Obviously, again, you've mentioned only being able to sing, not really being yeah. able to play guitar at that yeah. point when you were starting out. So... What were some of the challenges that you were coming across mm. in terms of getting started? So getting started just on my own? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I was very much protected in a band in the sense that I was naive, but I had experienced people with sound and, and people that could obviously play instruments. Um, then when I sort of went into singing on my own, it, it was a bit of a shock at the start because... I couldn't play guitar at all. I'm 25, you know, I've only been doing it a year. I can sing to a decent level. Um, so the shock was obviously going out and singing to backing tracks, which I, I have a sort of an opinion on now, but I'm still using them a little bit. But at the time I didn't, I had this stigma and because I have a little bit of imposter syndrome as well, because I've only been doing it for a short time and I'm quite inexperienced. I had a bit of like, a, oh God, they're gonna hate me because I'm singing to backing tracks kind of thing because I didn't know how to play guitar then. I was going from singing in a band to singing in a pub to backing tracks, which I'll be honest, at the start, I didn't particularly enjoy either because there's no sort of manoeuvring structure of a song or the hat, you're just singing to a track, aren't you? Yeah. So um, I, I felt a little bit self-conscious about that um, from being in a band and sort of, you know, dancing around with people and having a bit of fun to being on your own, singing to a track. It, it felt a little bit like glorified karaoke, but I felt so far like away from being able to play an instrument. That was tricky at the start because I felt like I was doing gigs, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do in the long run was singing to backing tracks, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I had to find a way basically to learn guitar as best, acoustic guitar as best I could and try and implement those songs slowly in. Yeah. Um, so that was tricky at the start. And to be fair, I do leave a few in now just... You know, when it is a rowdy night, sometimes people appreciate a, f a fuller sound, don't they, towards the end of the night? Yeah. But that was the tricky part. Imposter syndrome at the start, I think. Um, just struggling with um, being a bit self-conscious about singing to backing tracks because we've discussed this before, haven't we, about, yeah. um, you know, forums online and that kind of thing. And I had in my head that the typical musician, you know, would be watching me and thinking, what is this idiot doing here singing to backing tracks on his own? It doesn't really feel like very rock and roll, does it? No. You know what I mean? Um, so I had to really work hard at that. And that was the initial challenge, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So does that imposter syndrome still affect you every gig you go into? Yeah, Or does absolutely. it sort of only happen? No, no, I'm still, I still struggle with that. I'd, I'd like to think I'm at the stage now where I feel like, 
not in a cocky way, but I'm established enough with like venues and that where people always sort of want me back and I feel like I'm at a decent level of singing now and a, a decent level of, uh, you know, acoustic rhythm guitar playing. So I feel like I'm at a level now where I feel like I'm doing all right, but it still always hangs over me when I do a gig because I've only been doing it for such a short time. I'll get up there and I'm just about to start and I'm like, what on earth are you doing up here? Like you've not done it your whole life. You've done sport and whatever else and thing and like why do you why do you almost deserve to be doing this? When I bump into the likes of maybe you and loads of other people that have literally it's been your life since as long as you can remember. And I'm just coming into this world and kind of stepping on people's toes almost. You get what I mean? It's a tricky one. And it, it does it. I, I always get n ridiculously nervous. I'm very self-critical still. Um, but maybe that's not a bad thing, you know. Um, I don't know. No, I think there's I think there's personally you know, there there'll be times where I've had that. Certainly, I think particularly when you you're you're still. I know five years sounds like a long time, and you are established by then. I think that probably is more common than you realise. Yeah. You yeah. know, even the most cocky, confident guy that owns a stage yeah. will still be suffering with that imposter yeah. syndrome. Yeah. Even if it's just because they're performing on a bigger stage mm. for one day and they're headlining it or. You know, that does come into it. So you're not alone there, Luke. But how does that affect you going into daily life? Is that sort of more, has it developed into an anxiety? Is it just sort of stuck with performing and uh, playing your music out in pubs and stuff like that? It's difficult. I think I've always, like, I'm not saying I've, like, got mental health issues or anxiety sufferer, but... but... I always like worry about the next thing coming up. So like with my athletics, it was always like the pain of training that night or the pain yeah. of a race because you know it's coming. Yeah. And I, I get that. So I finished my gig on Saturday. Sunday, I'm all right. Monday, I'm all right. But then the cycle comes back round again. Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, have I got my songs ready? You know, have I added a couple of new ones in? Oh, you know, uh, is my set going to be right for this gig that I'm doing? It, it all builds and builds yeah. and builds and builds. And then you get to Friday, nervous you know, you might make a few couple of mistakes and then Saturday's a little bit easier because you've had Friday, then you're all right Sunday and then it goes again. And yeah. I feel like that never gets easy. I'm always like, so it's like, obviously I've not gigged for like four or five weeks. So this anxiety is building up now, ready for the next one on Friday. Yeah, I can imagine. And they're never ever as bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had some bad experiences in that initial phase, yeah. some stuff that haunts yeah. me now, <laughs> but um, I'm still here. Like, and it's not, it's not anywhere near as bad as what you think once you get going, but you just feel like everyone's going to hate what you're doing or someone's yeah. going to kick you out or pay you off or, but you've got to have a, you've got to have, I know, I know I'm all, I know I'm doing all right, but I think a lot of the time it's, it's hard to explain. I don't know. Yeah, I can, I can understand <laughs> it. So you generally sort of get over it after the gig and oh, that's not so bad. And then yeah. it works itself towards the next yeah. one because, Generally, once you get off stage, all you're focused on is getting the gear packed down. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, that wasn't too bad. Yeah. You live off it maybe that night, you yeah. sleep, and then it's right, yeah. okay, whatever you're doing that yeah. day, isn't it? We want this to be honest, don't we? And yeah. I think, yeah. I think what I really, I want to get to a place where when I finish a gig, it's not relief. It's more like, oh, I've, I've enjoyed every minute of that. Rather no. than it's like, oh, I can breathe again now, on to the next one. Yeah, and you're not actually like, you're not actually, I am enjoying it, like, People always say to me, like, oh, you look like you're having so much fun. You're always smiling. But it's more like a relief at the end of it. And I think that's just because I've not done it my whole life and I still feel like a bit of an imposter. Yeah, I can I can completely understand where you're coming from. I think 
I think especially when you're really trying to establish yourself, you've got yourself established in a few venues, mm. but then you're trying to grow your venue mm. status. Yeah. You know, I'm still probably struggling in that with in that sense with a different in a different way, which mm. we'll talk about when it comes to me. Mm. So, you know, those those challenges have sort of manifested themselves in different ways now, and it's sort of you're like the next stage. So um, recently, we've been talking about you potentially doing an original song, and you've got a pretty good idea for a chorus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is that something you're thinking about getting involved in in terms of getting into your sets now, or is it something that you think you'll you'll ever be doing, or do you think you're going to be sticking with the covers? Yeah, alive? it's tricky, isn't it? I think I think it's worth mentioning, like so, and it's probably the same for you as well. You have these like goals, and you go. So when I first started singing, it was like, oh, if I could ever like perform in front of a uh, like an audience that would be like the dream for me and then you do that and it's like oh if I could ever do a full set of acoustic guitar in front of someone that would be the dream for me then you do that and it's like the goalposts always get moved don't they yeah. so it's like yeah I enjoy singing covers I enjoy like having control to a degree over like what covers I do and some of my influences but like my next dream or goal would be to like actually like and I have had a little go with it. Obviously, you you've listened to a bits and bats that I've done because when I very first started out, I tried to write a bit of that, but I had no knowledge of guitar. I was just singing melodies in the shower and then like getting someone to do, which is kind of similar to what I've done with you. But because I I obviously gig now, I understand the guitar a little bit more. I understand things vocally. I understand keys and whatever else. I feel like I'm in a better position now where I can write stuff that's actually like a bit meaningful and, and with a bit of structure and something that's decent. You know, so that is the next goal for me is to actually you know write a song get it properly recorded mm -hmm. i think the tricky the tricky thing is and you might agree with this as well is and you you mentioned like um people locally that do actually integrate original songs into um cover sets but it's not always the done thing is it um because no. because people on a friday and saturday night are out there to hear songs that they know and love and yeah. when you stick an original song in there no matter how good it is people and this is no disrespect to like audiences but if they don't know it they can just switch off like that can't they so it, it's 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 finding that so i would love to get something recorded and like show it to people and and get it out on social media in terms of integrating that into sets i think that's then a whole different world almost and you'd have to learn how to get that in what's yeah. your experience with because obviously you've written some good stuff um, have you ever integrated that into into i've started to because i think you get to a certain place where you played a venue a few times. I generally don't the first time, first couple of times I played a venue. If I get invited back a couple more times, and that's when I sort of yeah. start to integrate it. Because if people like what you do anyway, you've already got them engaged. Now, if you then say, "Oh, well, this is my original tune," there is perk. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you've done what yeah, you've done before. I see. I see. Some people will switch off for that song, mm. but it only takes a hit song you know what it's like as well you can go to some places and and it doesn't necessarily mean people aren't enjoying what you're doing but they don't necessarily clap at the end of your songs yeah. whereas you can go to other venues and they're attentively listening and you get a big clap at and maybe is that a time to put an original one in when you've got their full attention and the rest yeah that's that's the thing you've got to read your room and how do you find that how are you finding the sort of thing hello there it's lee from the one more Songcast. sorry to interrupt your episode today However, this is a public service announcement. So, we need as many of you as possible to follow us on social media, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at Tom's Cast One. 
This gives you the opportunity to see the best highlights from our episodes. So the games we do, the chats with guests, we'll be clipping up bits and putting them on there for you guys to see and keep up to date with each episode. So follow us on that. If you do have any suggestions, either get them in the comments of the videos on those platforms or email us at tomscastmusic at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe and share this podcast and rate and review it on the podcast platforms that you're listening to. Thank you very much for listening, all one of you. See you soon. Hello and uh, welcome back to the One More Songcast. Um, <laughs> We've changed clothes, Lee. What's we have going changed on clothes. Um, well, it was getting a bit sweaty and the stench in the room wasn't comfortable, so we had to go home and shower. Um, no, no uh, the fact was, we actually discovered a setting on your camera, didn't we? It yep, was like, yep. we limited us to 30 minutes and then we had run out of time to re-record an We were episode. blabbing on for an hour, went back to the camera. And missed about half an hour's worth, haven't we? So uh, we yeah. said, oh, we'll do it another day. So what's happened since, Lee? We've had the transfer window. What do you think of United's new signing, Mike Hunt? <laughs> All right. Um, well, I haven't heard much about him, to be honest. Um, he's not meant he's, to be the nicest of guys. Yeah, no, he, 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 seems, he seems that he can be a bit wet and dry, you know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes a bit tight, um, maybe yeah. on a night out. It's not bad, but we, we need tightening up in the midfield, so uh, yeah, it's <laughs> welcomed. Anyway, back to the episode, Lee, where were we? Yeah, so um, we got to the point where um, we were discussing um, knocking original tunes into your set, mm. um, so eventually you said that might be something you look at, but I mentioned about being able to read a room. I mean, how have you found the challenge of being able to read a room. So you're in there, you're playing a song, you're getting the feeling it's not quite working for this audience. At what point do you go, right, I need to switch up? Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? I think, I think obviously the more experience you get, the bigger your set list becomes, which is good. But I think also having a like a, a, a broad taste of music as well is good. So obviously we were talking before about loving 60s music and whatever else. If you can get 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s and a little bit of whatever rubbish is out today, then <laughs> then you're winning, aren't you really? Um, I think it's a fine balance between sort of um, making sure that the, the bar owner or, or the person that's booked you for the wedding knows what you're about before you go into the gig. Uh, which always helps because if they've seen you before and they yeah. go, oh, we'll just do what you normally do, then that that's a blessing, isn't it? Yeah. But if you turn up, then I think, it, yeah, you, you just need to understand, say, a couple don't go quite right. I usually have like alternatives down the side, so I'll have my general set list and then it's like, well, if I've got a few backup ones that could work depending on the audience, it might be a really dancey 80s song or a dancey 60s song. I can substitute that in, you know. So yeah. How what, what do you tend to do? Um, I tend to have a song that I... I'm gonna try out. So I have about I have a list of probably about fifty songs. Yeah. And in a particular venue, I generally get an idea about the venue from either watching videos, mm. asking them what what the audience tend to like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've done that less. I've sort of gone more down the route of sorry, you getting what you're getting. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll I'll never plan a set list, so I'll just Ooh. go right. Okay, well that one didn't work let's go back to what did work. Yeah. So if it might be indie and I switch to an older song, mm. if I keep it within the theme of like the Monkees or the Beatles, it's likely to transfer over and then I'll hit them with a bit of 
I don't know, something like Lionel Richie or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, yeah. But I never tend to have a problem. Yeah. Um, it's just like like we were talking earlier, there tends to be venues where it is more just they're going to sit there quietly listening yeah. but not really interact or no, get yeah. involved. So you just you just do what you do most of the time. And the other time, sometimes you might just cut a song, uh, a song short, go straight into something else. So... I sometimes have a little book on the floor where I've got... Because a lot of the times I've forgotten like really good songs that I yeah. do. And it's like, oh, why didn't I put that one in? Because I've just... In that moment, I've just forgot. So I tend to have a little book with, with a list of songs on it and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think there's bad. also that fact... Do you ever get it where you get a song requested that you know you haven't played in ages mm, and, you're like, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a banger. Yeah. Do you know what? I used to have fun playing that and just chuck it in anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I have a mini breakdown when that happens. If I've not done it for a while, I have to mute my front of house, turn around and go through the chords quickly. Right, I think I've got it. Right, go on then. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Do you, do you know what? I, I tend to just blag it now. <laughs> um, if sometimes there's times where you get a bit ropey on the lyrics, um, do you ever just have your lyrics out out of interest yeah so i have um on my mic stand i attach an ipad um nine times out of ten i don't have to look at it but say you put a new one in or whatever it's always just good to have the lyrics there on the, on the thing um, yeah and i color the lyrics in so verses are usually red uh, mm. chorus because you know when you're in a split second you look down and, and you, you, if it's all in the same color you're kind of like oh where? so i kind of do it that i color code it a little bit right okay i yeah. just i tend to leave a gap Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'll do it in either four to eight line sections. Yeah. If it's an easy verse and the lines are relatively short, and I can do it in eight lines, just so I know there's a gap between mm. those words. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I do it like that. I've said this to Chris. It's just sort of he doesn't like having the lyrics there because it looks a bit karaoke. I says. get what you mean. I get but, what you mean. As long as you're not like fixated on it. Yeah. I think it's just good. People don't even notice it's there. Just have a little glance down. But yeah. I'm talking about the one or two. You know you know what it's like. The yeah. songs that we do, like we're doing every week anyway. So Yeah, I think yeah. it is generally ingrained in your memory. And it's just when you've not necessarily, mm. you might have done a lot of jobs through the week. You might have had a lot of gigs on. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to put the guitar down. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, right, so... The next question I was going to ask, so we were talking about challenges, reading the room was part of that. So how do you find those challenges have actually changed since you've been, well, now you're four or five years in? Have you yeah. still got a lot of the same challenges, like the imposter syndrome or um, or even, do you think things like learning certain chords, playing certain songs are still harder? You've still got some of the challenges that you were struggling on in guitar or? Um, yeah, so I think those challenges have changed in the sense that I've definitely not got that sort of um, like subconscious like fear that I'm a backing track singer and people are going to think it's karaoke because I kind of have started to convert to mainly acoustic guitar now. I think I'm now at the level where I'd like to be a better guitarist and maybe throw in the odd like, riff or little rundown in between chords and that kind of thing so um sometimes i feel like oh is a guitarist sat in the audience watching me and now they're thinking god he's playing the most basic like strumming patterns and it's just it just and then i might get to a better level like it's just uh, but yeah it's i'm not as bad with that um i think i used to have a real issue with people going oh um Luke B sings on tonight. He's a vocalist and a, a guitar player. And I'd be like, mm, I'm not sure about you putting the guitar player part in. But now I'm just like, well, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Yeah, so it's, I it's think, all right, you know. Do you know what? Go back to that guitarist point because do you know when a guitarist is in the room? I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling when there's a musician in the room, yeah. Um, 
What's it that gives you that feeling? They're just kind of like, just like intensely watching you, I always find. Yeah, you um, get the stare at your left yeah, hand and they're yeah. like looking for the chords. Yeah. And you don't know whether they're a guitarist like going, what the hell is that chord? No, they won't do that That sounds beautiful. <laughs> or they're like, Oh, what's he doing there? Let's let's watch out. You just for feel that like they're picking you apart. There. They're picking you apart a little bit. Yeah. I always feel as well. This is proper. Like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stereotypical. But I always feel like there's people that look like musicians as well, <laughs> and uh, and you just think mm, they look a bit musical, and uh, they might not always be, but they might dress a little bit quirky or something about them. I yeah, think. yeah, musicians like you can pick one out from yeah. a mile off. Tell you what, though, um, the best, the, the happiest I feel at the end of a gig, you know, my dad can tell me it went well. I take that with a pinch of salt. No no disrespect, dad. My mates can say it went really well. But when somebody goes, oh, I play in a band or I do this and I really enjoyed what you did tonight, that, I'm like, ah, oh, yes. Yeah. You know, it's well, like... Have you ever seen that meme? The biggest compliment a musician can give a musician yeah. is... <laughs> have you ever seen that? Yeah, thing? I have. Because yeah. have you ever ha had that face at a gig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had it a couple of times, yeah. and you know they're a musician. Then you're like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, no, I think um, I think that is like belting. I think uh, have you ever had a? Have you done many gigs where there's a sound engineer as well? Yeah, I actually sort of know because um, I used to do Exton Beer Festival and he actually did the sound for me at the thing and he, he goes to the Talbot quite a lot in Exton, right. which is directly next to the, where this right. festival was. And he's he, every time I go, I've got a new piece of gear or something and he's always like, oh, what have you got? Have you have you upgraded to a digital mixing desk yet? Oh, you've got these speakers, I see, blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't necessarily... Um, help me, me with, with the sound on the night, but I'll go, oh, if you spot anything, will you just maybe tell me dad or come and tweak, you can tweak something on my desk if you like. Um, so that's quite nice to have, but they don't yeah. generally mess with it, do they? They'll go, oh yeah, no worries. And then just go, that's fine. And you think, Are you, is it definitely fine? Or are you yeah. just saying it's fine? You yeah, know? yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we've got one, um, I don't know if you know DJ Pants, he goes, does a lot around Longridge and stuff like that, but he's done sound for Flash Floods a couple of times. Yeah. Um, when we've done weddings and things like that. Um, and going back to the compliments point, mm. we actually, we do James Laid, mm. and I always do the high bit. Um, I always do the high bit in that, and he goes, do you know that vocal? It just reminds me of John Frusciante. I'm like, come on now, steady on. Like, No one's like John Frusciante. I'm not, I'm not even getting close to playing guitar like the guy, yeah, let alone yeah. singing like him. The guy can do anything, but... That's probably the biggest compliment yeah, I've ever yeah, had from any yeah, other musician. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you've had the challenges playing guitar. Do you, are you at the stage, obviously, you're more comfortable being called a guitarist? Mm. Are you at the stage where you're calling yourself a guitarist or are you just calling yourself a three-chord master sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely... What do you call them? Just like acoustic performer is kind of a thing. Because when I think of acoustic performers, I'm not necessarily thinking of these big solos. I'm just thinking of a vocalist and and a bit of um, uh, acoustic accompaniment, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I'm striving for and what I kind of feel like I'm getting to. I yeah. wouldn't say I'm a three chord master. I can play decent chords, but yeah. Yeah. It's um, it, 
I'm, I'm more comfortable with being called an acoustic performer. You know how people yeah. sell themselves as acoustic performers. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, fairly yeah. comfortable with that at this stage. Of course, there's always development. And when you've been doing it for as little time as I have, then um, there's going to be massive development over these next few years. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely a, a more comfortable place with that, I'd say. Yeah, Super. Yeah. So, Luke, coming on to the final question, what's next? What's next? Obviously... We've discussed a few things on this, but what is your, I would say normally what's your five-year plan, but it doesn't have to be a five-year mm. plan. What, what what can we expect to see from you in the next, over the next period of time? Yeah, so um, I feel like over the last five years, I've had a steady progression in terms of like bookings, contacts, um, people sort of, yeah, like rebooking me and that kind of thing. Of course, when I sort of started out as well, like, COVID hit in the middle of that. Yeah. So if you remember that time when all of our gigs just got completely scrapped overnight. Um, so that was difficult building back up. But then as soon as I have built back up, I'm in a nice place now where I'm sort of booked up. I'm not having to, and this might change, but I'm not having to approach many venues. You know, people sort of come to me, which is really nice. Um, so I'm in a good place with that. Um, when we're talking about writing, a, you know, writing a few songs and whatever else, that would be a nice place to get to. Um, and, you know, if I could get a song out on social media and maybe build towards that. I think that would be fantastic as well. That's something I'm looking at. Improving on guitar is is a big one as well, of course. Um, getting to a place, I feel like I'm more happier when I'm progressing on the guitar and I'm playing acoustic songs. So that's, at least I know where I want to get to. Um, and then there is something else. I'm sort of moving into a different remit right. in terms of like, so I'm obviously doing my pubs, my weddings and that kind of thing, but I've, I was approached over Christmas to do something a little bit different, but I can't announce basically what that is yet. Right. Um, but you know what it is, don't you? It's a different... Yeah, yeah, we've discussed this before. Yeah. So obviously you've got an original song in the making. The chorus idea sounds absolutely brilliant. Um, very much in the style of like Richard Ashcroft. And obviously we've discussed influences a little bit in that time. Who would you say now has that influence changed? What is what what? Who would you say now is your biggest influence? Mm, um, well, I don't think any current music is is changing me particularly, other than maybe your Jerry Cinnamon's, uh, Jamie Webster's, them kind yeah. of people. But I'm not particularly inspired to make music like that. Um, for for me, as the years have gone by, it is like I have like three artists that I'm really inspired by. I'd say Paolo Nettini being a massive one for me. Yeah. If you don't know much, you you will know who Paolo Nettini yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, of course. Vocally, he's just unbelievable. He's got Ridiculous. such a rasp and such a, like, a, a rawness to his voice. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, I in any way copy that or try to be like that, but I like to have a bit of edge in my voice. Yeah. And, and, and that. And he's very poetic in the way that he writes his songs as well. Um, so he's a big one. He's probably my number one, I'd say. And then there's um, Travis. I really love Travis as a band that, from the 90s, the Scottish band. Um, a lot of their sort of um, uh, guitar influences and stuff like that I really like. Um, it's very, like, atmospheric. It's it, How do you explain what, what Travis are like? They're, they are quite atmospheric, kind of like um, spacey, aren't they? In the yeah. way that they um, and then there's uh, Richard Ashcroft, of course. Again, just, like, pretty simple lyrics, but um, they... they really impactful aren't they um, yeah no i think ashcroft is one of those things everything's from the soul yeah it is so um right luke what i've come to at the moment um oh last one before we go on to that <laughs> what would you say 
your most memorable gig story is. Okay, oh God. There's always one that pops to mind with this. But I feel like it could be a bit incriminating. Are we are we going forward with it? <laughs> I think I think we should because yeah. I th- I want to give our listeners a laugh. And, uh, I, I I happen to have heard uh, the story, story that I yeah, think yeah. it is. I happen to have heard it before. Yeah. Um. But you know, if you want to add some, if you want to add two, maybe like a positive okay, one as yeah. well to balance it all. Out. I think a positive one should spring to mind, shouldn't it? Like you know, yeah. oh, everyone went crazy for for this. Gig, but but no, it was in the early days when uh when. I was getting a lot of gigs out towards Blackpool Way and Living Way. That's because that's where the band that I was in um, operated. So I kind of got a few contacts from there. And I was playing this like outdoor, they they had a big like outdoor seating area. Um, So it was playing out to the street and to the Weatherspoons across from it as well. So they were all being able to get free music basically for for, for them. So I'm I'm singing away, Um, you know, everyone's enjoying it. It's a nice sunny day, Um, but there's houses sort of, down this street as well, or just off the street. Um, so I'm playing away, me, me, me family are there watching me, a few friends. And then all of a sudden, this guy just appears out of nowhere. Big shit house of a guy, massive head. I just remember his head. It was like <laughs> massive. And he was like, turn that music off. And I'm like, I'm sort of like playing the guitar and singing a bit, so I can't really sort of go, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm singing, mate. And he's like, turn it off. And then he, he starts to approach me and I'm like, fucking hell, what's going on here? And he, he like goes to either grab my laptop or grab my guitar, I can't remember what he did. But basically a member of my family um, thought that he'd like attacked me or something because everyone's like turned around because this guy's just like bellowing at me. So somebody in my family comes along thinking that he'd like, you know, assaulted me or something. So, and he thinks it's a big hostile situation. I suppose these days as well, you, somebody could have a knife, they yeah. could have whatever. So he comes over and he just, cracks him on the back of the head this guy <laughs> and he's like get out you know like cracks him. I'm, I'm like oh my god what is going on everyone piles in and you know get tries to get this guy away and whatever else and he disappears and i'm just like what on earth just happened there i think the person that, that did that was obviously just trying to protect me in the in the heat of the moment and nothing came of it you know or anything like that but uh and then i picked my guitar up to carry on the the, the rest of the set and my hands were shaking and i'm like I'm sorry, I can't. I can't do this. I'm gonna to have to have a break for a bit, and everyone's like, "Oh no, it's fine. Don't worry, I understand." <laughs> and then, and then I'm just half expecting this guy to come back with like yeah. a weapon or something. <laughs> so the whole gig, I'm playing these songs. I'm forgetting chords and everything else because I'm sort of like watching out, you know, like waiting for this guy <laughs> to come back. Like, but yeah, I just remember that that moment and thinking, like, is this actually what I want to do? You know, like this is only the start of it. Like, imagine when I'm getting into these rowdy pubs and whatever else. But thankfully, that's probably been one of the worst moments. Do you remember that um, that video of that guy at the Cavern Club? Oh, uh, my yeah. guitar teacher knows him. Um, and he was just playing a song on the stage at the Cavern Club and he'd obviously had an altercation with somebody before the gig or yeah. something and he comes around the side, doesn't he, and just rugby tackles him. Yeah. And like, that the, that, he was playing Sweet Caroline, that's wasn't he? Yeah, and, and when I, every time I watch that video, it sends this sense of dread over me because that could happen to any of us at any yeah, time. If we have a bit bad. of a set two with somebody, like, and they could just come up and bottle us, they could stab us. Yeah. You just don't know. And I think that that moment just stands out to me as like, wow, you know, <laughs> what, what, we really, are unprotected and you know we're exposed really with what we do aren't we yeah we are to be fair but yeah Um, that always stands out as a as a biggest gig memory yeah yeah perfect Perfect. that is a great one (laughs) that is a great first gig story we are going to do another episode on funny gig absolutely yeah um so right we're going to do a quick fire questions uh round um so 
First of all, Luke, uh, in fact, we'll do it this or that, first of all. So, Coke or Pepsi? Ooh, Coke. Acoustic or electric? It's got to be acoustic. I can't play electric. <laughs> Ballad or anthem? Anthem. Lennon or McCartney? McCartney. Cardio or weights? I'm a big guy, so uh, cardio, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Batman or Superman? Not really a massive fan of either, to be honest. Uh, more of a Spider-Man, but we'll go Superman. Fair enough. Uh, pizza or burger? Hmm, burger. Burger. Ooh. Club football or international football? Well, I'm a big advocate for... Uh, I, I can't stand international football. Even when it's the World Cup, everyone's enjoying it, and I'm just like, oh, I want... Newcastle United or whatever it is. <laughs> Newcastle versus United. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so club football. Yeah. yeah. Family Guy or South Park? It's got to be South Park. Noel Gallagher or Richard Ashcroft? Richard Ashcroft, 100%. Richard Ashcroft. Okay. So, right, there's a couple of couple more questions. Okay. So, I am conscious thing... that we're on that 30-minute time limit again. Yeah, <laughs> we'll so very see. quickly. Very quickly. Um, so... Well, it's gone. And <laughs> we've got we've got one here. So, what would you say to a sixteen-year-old Luke just starting out? Oh, yeah. In life. In life, yeah. So, mm, I'd probably like give myself a shake and try and like get him to play an instrument or or sing or something. Because as I said, I started at twenty-five. Well, if I'd have started at sixteen. Half of these anxieties going into a gig probably wouldn't be there because I'd have been gigging for ten years. But I also blame the curriculum a little bit and you'll have a different opinion on this and, yeah. and things will have changed as well but music was so boring at school at high school mm. like you just learn about bloody time signatures and treble clefs and there was no like and I always felt like the person that did have the guitar lessons at school and that um, it was never really celebrated as being cool or like you know it was just music was just rubbish at school basically and there was no incentive for me to like to actually pick up an instrument at I school. suppose it depends on the skill. There's, there's yeah. different elements to that, uh, but we'll come on to that in another another. Uh, but basically, but, yeah. I'd give myself a shake and and get into music, but when you don't know that you've got a talent per se, yeah. it's hard to discover that, isn't it? So yeah, it certainly is. I can't blame myself too much. Um, also, what advice would you give to someone who's considering getting into, um, getting into live music? Uh, yeah, I mean... I'd just say, obviously, you've got to have the right gear to, to do these gigs, but um, you can get started on, on small basic equipment, can't you? Um, yeah. What advice would I give? Um, I would just say, like, basically, preparation is key. So the the more nervous you are about doing it, the more you prepare, the better it will go. And I know that sounds yeah. so obvious, but, like, you know, you've just, you've, you've got to, you've got to, the more practice you put in and whatever else, the less the less anxiety you'll get when you start up and, you know, that'll hopefully keep you in it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so just be well-practised is what you're yeah. sort of saying. And, and also I think you, fit, you see a lot of people starting out and, you know, they can sing great, they can play their instrument great, but they haven't got much of a of like a personality. They don't engage with the audience. I think that's massive. If you look like yeah. you're enjoying yourself, nine times out of ten, the audience will enjoy what you're doing as well. So um, practice just like speaking to to people, even speaking in front of a camera has been difficult to, for yeah. starters, hasn't it? Yeah, so it certainly has. That's, that's a big one as well. Um, create a little bit of rapport with an audience when you're getting, first getting started. Yeah. Okay. Um, lastly, uh, lastly, one local artist you'd recommend? Ooh. Hmm. 
What besides you and Chris Healy? <laughs> <laughs> you could you could recommend either of us. Um, no, to be fair, um, I don't know if he's local. He's more Bury area. I quite like. Um, he's called Zacoustic. Zacoustic. He's a really nice guy. Um, always open to a bit like yourself. He'll always be there to give you tips and whatever else. Um, and yeah, he, he does a really good job at, at being a, an acoustic performer. Um, so if I was to recommend somebody for for stuff like, you know stuff that we do he's yep. just an acoustic player I think he's he's pretty good and he's got a nice range of songs in his sets as well and seems to go down well everywhere he goes so perfect yeah. right well thank you very much Luke for being our personal guest no in house resident guest um, <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe and follow us on social media so on TikTok Instagram and Facebook it's at Tomcast Tomscast1 one, one. Um, and YouTube, like, subscribe, follow, and just share this out with your mates. If you've got any ideas for the pod, just get in touch at tomscastmusic at gmail.com. I've been Lee. I've been Luke. We'll see you soon. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you.